Welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football goals. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever this is podcast, we welcome you to another episode of the Genius Cast. I'm Jameson, I'm the genius, getting you set for your drafts. We're in August. August is here. Drafts are around the corner. As I talked about in other podcasts, I think that with the uncertainty this year of 2020, what's going to happen with these players, uh, with the season in a a whole, uh, definitely think we're going to get the season started. Don't know um, what's going to happen after that that happens. It's just definitely an uncertainty feel for 2020. That makes me want to push drafts back as far as possible. I'm looking at maybe hopefully having most of my drafts done around Labor Day weekend thereabouts so definitely would not be one to look at scheduling your draft for the middle or the early part of august so definitely push back if you can talk to your commissioner if that needs to happen but i definitely think we need to kind of look at the labor day weekend as a as a week that we maybe kind of look a little more um use use that that that's that's a weekend that i like having my drafts anyways but i think this year even over uh, other years with the uncertainty is even a bigger importance to have that draft a little later in the august early september time frame Today's podcast, we're going to talk about running backs, the running back position. We're going to talk about my view on the overall running back um, number one option in fantasy football. Is it Christian McCaffrey? Is it Saquon Barkley? Is it Ezekiel Elliott? I'll give you my view on all three, give you my view on who I think is going to be the number one overall pick and who's going to finish the year as the number one fantasy player. We'll talk about that second tier of running backs. Can any of those those next tiers kind of make a leap into that number one tier options we'll talk about the rookies from 2020 is it going to be a a, a different type of year with covid um, with a lack of playing time lack of connection i think we're we're going to see a lot of early struggles out of the rookie position we're going to talk about rookie running back handcuffs i think this year is another year where we kind of have to look at that even more even some of the running backs that maybe we we look at um, don't look at in years past um, with, with those extra spots that I talked about in, in, a, in a past podcast, um, adding a couple extra draft uh, roster spots on your bench is something that I'm doing in all my leagues with the uncertainty of 2020. So I think with those extra spots, you're looking at the handcuffs for a lot of your studs, making sure that you have a backup plan, especially for a team that runs the ball and runs the ball well or uses their, their running back out of the backfield. Definitely handcuff your running backs. I was kind of also giving my view on which kind of running backs that are handcuffs that can actually be standalone type of players. I also give my view on best and worst value in terms of my rankings compared to the consensus rankings. And I'll give you my view on the MVP of 2020 out of the running back position, along with some possible dark horse candidates. That and much more. So let's go ahead and jump right on into today's podcast. But before we do that, if you've not followed us over on Instagram or Twitter, we are at fantasy football underscore genius underscore on Instagram. And we are at fan sports genius on Twitter. Website is always www.fantasyfootballgenius.com, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Finishing up the next uh, couple days with our double coverage article, where I take two teams a day, break down what I think happened last year, what's going to happen this year. Little blurbs on both of those, not a, a real detailed option for both of those, but kind of gives you a view of, of what I saw happen, what I think is going to happen in the upcoming year, uh, fantasy purposes-wise and all that kind of good stuff. Also give you my MVP, least valuable player, and a possible stud young player to look at to target in your dynasty leagues. 
I'm going to jump right into the, into the podcast, talk about the running backs. Uh, overall options, number one option this year, um, if you're not in a super flex or a double quarterback league, where I think if you're in those kind of leagues, I think you definitely want to take a look at uh, taking a Lamar Jackson, a Lamar, I'm sorry, a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes. Both players, um, I think, are consensus one and two in your super flex or in double quarterback leagues. I think with, with quarterbacks having that much more of an importance, I think with those two different uh, types of drafts, you definitely have to go quarterback. But if you're doing it in a single quarterback, your standard leagues, your standard PPR leagues, whatever it is with a single quarterback, I think it's running back. It's going to be running back no matter what. And it's between Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Zeke Elliott for me. I think all three options are fine. I think you can't go wrong with any one of the options. All three of them are the elite back uh, in, in their offense. They're the, the ones they look at in that offense. They play on great offenses, in my opinion. Uh, Carolina might not be viewed as the Dallas or the Giants version, but there's a lot of talent there in Carolina um, that uh, that's going to make Christian McCaffrey a, a phenomenal player. We, we already know what he did. I, I don't have to sell you on Christian McCaffrey. Um, but I think they're going to be a little better offense than people kind of give them credit for being uh, after losing kind of having a down year last year. I think we're, we're going to see an increase in passing game, which can only help Christian McCaffrey. But again, the video type numbers he had last year, can he duplicate that? I don't know if he can, which is why I think it's a little closer between McCaffrey, Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott to most feel. A lot of people have McCaffrey as the clear-cut number one option, but I think it's much more closer between the three. If I'm choosing right now, I think it is McCaffrey as my number one option, followed by Barkley, followed by Zeke Elliott. But again, I think you can take all three and make a case for them as the number one role. We know Zeke is in a phenomenal offense, maybe the best offense in football behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Mari Cooper, Dak Prescott, uh, Michael Gallup, uh, bringing in CeeDee Lamb. I think we're going to see much more out of, the, out of the tight end position that we've seen in years past with Blake Jarwin. Zeke is in a phenomenal spot. I mean, we also have Tony Pollard there as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of options there in that in that offense. So Elliott um, may have a lot of mouths to feed, but we know he's going to get fed and fed very nicely there in the Dallas offense. Uh, Barkley, I think another one of those uh, underrated offenses. I think the Giants are going to be one of those those offenses that we're kind of look back and say, "Wow, this offense was pretty good." Um, a, a healthy Evan Ingram, a healthy um, Sterling Shepard. Uh, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, uh, Daniel Jones is another year in the league. I think we're going to see the Giants kind of have a big year this year, which is going to make Barkley that much of a better player. And if he can stay healthy for 16 games, we know what he can do on the football field as a runner and as a pass catcher. But I think it's going to be McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey has too good of a position. I think he's a better pass catcher than the other three, the other, between the three. Um, he may not be as good of a runner as the other two, but I think – what he brings to the field for a floor compared to what his ceiling is compared to the other two, I think McCaffrey is my number one option. But again, I don't blame anybody for going Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott. I think all three are well worth the number one, number two, and number three spots in all formats. For that next tier of running backs, um, we have the Alvin Kamara's, the Miles Sanders, the Joe Mixon's, Nick Chubb's, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Dalvin Cook. There's a lot of different options in that second level that can maybe make a jump to the next tier. I think I give the, the edge to Alvin Kamara for that number four spot. After a down year due to injury, I think he's going to be bouncing back for very nicely this year. And I think the addition of Emmanuel Sanders is only going to help the offense. It's going only going to help a player like Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Um, Sanders is, is a player that's kind of take away defenses' looks that where they're going to have that where they can keep. 
key in on a Thomas or they can key in on a Kamara. They have to make sure that they're also keeping an eye on that other receiver, which in years past has not been an issue there in New Orleans. They've done what they've done with really not a number two option behind Michael Thomas. Now they have it with Emmanuel Sanders, and I think it's just going to make those other players that much better. So I see a big bounce-back year from Alvin Kamara. Last year, uh, suffered an injury early, and I think he never was really right throughout the season. We saw how that injury kind of affected him on the, on the play. And again, he still had almost 100 targets in that offense and uh, missing two games and also being down um, – being kind of down injury-wise, uh, played most of the other games, but he also you can also tell that he was a little injured in those other games. So I think that injury plagued 2019. He bounces back nicely in 2020, and I'd have him as my number four option. Followed by Miles Sanders. I think, I think Sanders is a player that I think I am a lot higher on than most. A lot of people have him more of a early second, maybe even a late first-round pick. I don't hate the idea of going middle of the, middle of the first for Miles Sanders. I think he is in for a phenomenal year. What he did in the second half last year for this Philadelphia offense is only going to be able to kind of help um, kind of push him this year as well. And with no running back taken in the draft or in free agency, yes, it still can happen as we get closer and closer to the draft. But with them not kind of uh, putting their um, more uh, eggs in the basket for another running back, st- I think that shows how much they respect, how much they trust Miles Sanders in his offense. And I think there's a legit shot that we have Miles Sanders not only be the team's RB1, but he also is the number one wide receiver in the offense as well. Yes, Zach Ertz has a tremendous connection with uh, Carson Wentz. Yes, they did draft a nice rookie running back, I mean, rookie receiver in Jalen Rager. Yes, they do have a healthy date, uh, Deshaun Jackson back from injury. Yes, they do have a Dallas Goder at the tight end position who's going to kind of have a better year this year as we, we see him uh, make his way into the offense more and more. But I think Sanders is just too good of a player out of the backfield. He's a mismatch for linebackers, for safeties. Whoever's going to have to cover him out of the backfield, Sanders is too good of a player, and I think the Eagles are going to realize that. So I have him as my number five running back. And I have, um, and, and honestly, I could see him also kind of maybe leapfrogging uh, Alvin Kamara um, as we get closer and closer. But as of right now, I have Kamara slightly ahead of Miles Sanders. And that's going to follow by Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon, with the return of A.J. Green and with the rookie quarterback Joe Burrow, I think Mixon is in for a, a, a great year. And I think Joe Burrow is going to make this entire offense that much better. Yes, we're going to see rookie mistakes. We're going to see him kind of making those spots where you kind of look at yourself saying, wow, that was a horrible throw. Or, wow, that, that decision he's making has kind of been horrendous today. But at the same time, we're going to also see the plays where we're going to be able to say, Joe Burrow is the answer. Joe Burrow is the future. He's going to make this offense that much better. And I think he's going to make Joe Mixon um, uh, an, an elite option at the backfield for a player that's already been a great player in the backfield. Back-to-back 1,000-yard rushes, back-to-back 5-plus-yard uh, touchdowns. Um, I think we're going to see a bigger year in 2020 than we saw in either year of 2018 and 2019 where we saw kind of what he can do on the field. Joe Mixon is my number six running back this year. Then it kind of is, is, a, is a trio of – a couple different trios of – Running back that you can make a case for even number four, um, but I think all three of them also come with a kind of a negative in their downfall. I think you look at Nick Chubb, you look at Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and you look at Dalvin Cook. All three of them could be ahead of Alvin Alvin Kamara. I don't see them in the one, two, or three spot uh, with McCaffrey, Barkley, and Zeke there, but I definitely could see Chubb, Edwards-Alaire, or Cook all being ahead of my three that I had talked about earlier, but I think all three of them also come with negatives. Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt in that backfield, yes, they are going to run the ball plenty in uh, – Cleveland this year, but I think Kareem Hunt is also going to kind of limit the upside of Chubb, but again, I think Chubb is a 
he's he, he's going to return great value even at, as a first round pick. I just think that his upside might be limited a little bit compared to the Kamara's or the Sanders or the Mixons, and definitely of the top three, um, Clyde Edwards-Lair. Phenomenal rookie. Everybody's uh, kind of saying that the, the the backfield's his in Kansas City now that Damian Williams has opted out of the 2020 season. But I think, as, I, as I'm going to talk about a little bit later when I talk about the rookie running backs, I think we're going to see these rookies kind of struggle right out of the gate. The lack of playing time, the lack of uh, chemistry with, play, with their teammates, the lack of practice due to COVID-19. Uh, I think we're going to see the rookies kind of struggle a little bit, but that's not going to mean they're going to struggle all year. I think Edwards-Hilaire is going to be a phenomenal talent in 2020, and we know that he's going to be a, a top talent moving forward. I would make a case for him as the 1.01 in Dynasty Leagues, but as it is for redraft in 2020, I think Edwards Alaire is just outside of my top five, top six, and I um, right now I don't think I don't see me moving moving him into my top five, but there definitely is a chance that he could he could possibly make a move into the top five. And I'll finish off with Dalvin Cook. Injury prone. Uh, we've not seen him making it through a full season. Last year he made it uh, all the way to the fantasy playoffs, and when he needed him most, he was no longer there. That makes me kind of not want to take a shot on Dalvin Cook. I think the talent is phenomenal. I think Cook is one of the best running backs in football. And honestly, if he was able to stay healthy for an entire 16 games, and I knew 100% of the times he was going to be able to do that, I may even kind of take him as the the top three. He's the one player that I think we can put in the top three if we want to. But being that he has an injury pass, being that he cannot stay healthy for an entire season, I can't do it. I'm likely not going to have any shares because I'm not lo- looking to take him until late first. And I know someone's going to reach for him early on because of name value, because of what he can do, and uh, um, just by who he is, I think Dalvin Cook's going to be well, well gone if I'm taking him at, uh, late in the first. And I'm definitely not going to be taking him in the first part or the middle part of the first round. There's other options that I like over Cook um, for different reasons. And then we get to another three. We have Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, and Derrick Henry. Those three have a little more um, negative downfalls than the, the, the other three. Starting with Eckler, I think the Chargers are going to be a worse team this year. I think they're not going to be able to, be, be able to put many points on the board. Um, no matter who the quarterback is, is it going to be Ty- Tyrod Taylor? Or is it going to be the rookie? I think it's going to affect the entire offense, and I think we're going to see a kind of we maybe will see a, an increase in yardage on the ground for Eckler, but we're going to see a regression in total touchdowns for Eckler. And I think as a team, those points are going to go down quite a bit in 2020. So I do like Eckler, but I don't love him. I like him more in the early second round, um, but someone might reach for him in the, in the late first. Aaron Jones. With uh, A.J. Dillon, with Jamal Williams, with m- maybe an increase on, on the passing game, um, with a healthy Devontae Adams, I think there's a lot of a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And I think Aaron Jones is going to be a fine player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be a great um, option for most teams. But I think there's also going to be an owner that's going to take him a little higher than where I'm willing to go um, early to mid-seconds where I'm looking at Aaron Jones. But I think someone might be looking at him in, in, in the first round, and I'm just—I just don't know right now if I'm willing to go first round capita, capital for Aaron Jones. There is a very good chance that we may see him move over in the slot. And if, if, if we do hear that maybe the Packers are going to use him in the slot a little more this year, that may make him more of a first-round pick for me. But as it is right now, I'm not willing to go first-round capital for Aaron Jones. And Derrick Henry, 
Everybody says that I'm way too low on Henry's uh, rankings. I just don't like the lack of upside in the passing game. If this was a standard league where we're not talking PPR, he'd be a top three pick in a heartbeat. I think he's, a, he, he's probably the best runner in football. Um, but the lack of production in the passing game has me uh, thinking he's a little limited for his upside. So I'm most likely going to have zero shares of, of Henry Well, just, just like it is with Cook. I won't have Henry because someone is going to take him much earlier than I'm looking at taking Henry in a, uh, for a personal opinion on the position. Next up, what about the rookie running backs? This year is going to be a little different than I talked about. Uh, we, we have the COVID issue. What's going to happen if a player tests positive? What's going to happen if teammates test positive? We don't know what that, that, that scenario is going to be all about this year. Um, but we do know that the lack of practice time for these rookies may have an effect on them. So the Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the J.K. Dobbins, the Jonathan Taylors, the DeAndre Swift, the Zach Mosses, um, for the future in the league, I think dynasty leagues, you, you take them where you're going to take them no matter what. But I think with the uncertainty of what's going to happen with rookies this year, I think I'm dropping them a little bit lower than where I, maybe I would take them on a normal year. Um, I think in a normal year, you could look at a, a Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If he was going to be the number one option in that offense with no, no Damian Williams, you could look at him as an easy top five pick. But I think with the struggles early on in the season, with the possibility of DeAndre Washington or Daryl Williams or even uh, uh, um, Thompson out of the backfield there kind of eating into the production, I, th- I think that early on especially we can easily see five to six to seven carries um, taken away from Hilaire for the, in any other type of running back, and maybe it takes him a little longer to kind of get going. That's where I'm kind of dropping him a little bit there. I think, but, but I think between all of the rookie running backs, we obviously can trust Alaire a lot more than we can a Dobbins or a Taylor or a Swift or a Moss. Uh, speaking of Dobbins, I do like his protect, pro, uh, potential. That's a big word to say right here. Um, it's, it's early. Um, the Dobbins potential, I think, is phenomenal. I think if, if, we, if we can get him to get going right away, I can see him eating into Mike, Mark Ingram's production this year. And I think he is a better back out of the backfield if they do decide to pass the ball to the running backs a little more this year. So I do like Dobbins quite a bit this year. But I think just like um, anybody else in the, as a rookie, I think we're going to see a little late to the party, a little delay in what he's going to do. But I do think Dobbins is the clear-cut number two option, in my opinion. And, yes, that includes Jonathan Taylor. Everybody's high on Taylor. I'm not. I just think there's too many uncertainties in that offense. Um, take away the, 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 the season as a whole. There's too much what-ifs in this offense. Naheem Hines wants to get more involved in the passing game. Still have Marlon Mack. Uh, you have a new quarterback in um, Phillip Rivers. What's going to happen with the Colts there in Indianapolis? I just don't know if I can trust Jonathan Taylor to get the job done, especially where he's going in, in, in current drafts. I'm not willing to take that gamble early, and I think that we're going to see much more of a 50-50 split in Indianapolis, in my opinion, than what most people feel um, for Taylor. And same thing with DeAndre Swift. <clears throat> with these rookie running backs likely, excuse me, with these rookie running backs likely um, maybe take, taking a little bit to get kind of get going with the lack of, of early practice time. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can see someone like Kerryon Johnson kind of starting off the year as the starting running back and maybe middle of the year we see DeAndre Swift kind of uh, become more of that um, lead back. But I think it's going to be much more of a kind of a 60-40 split at the best case scenario. But I think we're going to be much more of a 50-50, especially early on between Swift and Carrion Johnson, which is the same thing for Taylor, Mack, and Hines. I think it's much more of a running back by committee, in my opinion. 
I do like Zach, Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss, I would rather have him a Moss over Devin Singletary. I think by the end of the season, we're going to be looking at a much closer version of a 50-50 split. And where Moss is going compared to the other rookie running backs, that's fine by me. Moss is a phenomenal talent. I think he's a great pick in the draft. And I think it's going to be a nice compliment <clears throat> to the Bills offense with Singletary in the backfield. Um, absolutely love him in best ball. I think if, if you can get Moss where he's going late in drafts in best ball, I think he has a couple big games in him, if not more. So I think I'm going to have more shares of Moss than I am going to have of any of the other um, Taylors or Swift just because of, of where you're getting drafted, where he's going to go, uh, possible roles in the offense. But I think the top two, the Allaire's and the Dobbins, I'm going to have much more shares of than anybody else. But I definitely think that we need to make, make sure we uh, kind of limit our – expectations because I think they're going to start off a little slow in 2020 with the lack of, of early playing time and due to practice um, for teams. Next up, let's talk about a little bit of the running back handcuffs versus camp battles. If we start off looking at camp battles, if we start off with the Rams, Daryl Henderson versus Cam Akers, I think it's going to be a 50-50 split. We know the Rams were very high on Henderson last year. There was rumors about him taking over uh, some of the, the, the role of what Todd Gurley did. This year, everybody kind of forgot about Henderson, and now it's all about Akers. Akers is probably the better back between the two, but I think Henderson's also going to be a thorn in the side of Akers. And I think it's going to be much more closer of a 50-50 timeshare, but I would ask Absolutely love it if Akers got the the majority of the workhorse. That way I would move him up quite a bit. I absolutely loved him in college. I think he can be a phenomenal player in this league. But I think Henderson's going to be a little bit of a thorn in the side of Akers' owners. <coughs> uh, we talked a little bit about the Colts, so, so I won't go into too much detail. But Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. As it sits, I think I'm going to have a little more shares of Hines in the passing game because we know Rivers does like to use his running backs. He likes to use his tight ends. So I like Hines much more in uh, best ball formats. I'm likely not going to have any three in re- redraft leagues just because I don't know who's going to be the weak workhorse, who's going to be the week-to-week starter, uh, main player. We just don't know that. So I'm likely going to stay away from both the Colts and next up the, the Lions with Swift and Carrion Johnson. Well, I just don't know what's going to happen between the between those two offenses. Who's going to get? Is going to be the rookie um, like it should be, or is it going to be one of the other run, running backs that's been there in years past because they're they're used to the offense, they know what's going to happen. I just don't know what's going to happen there for those. So I'm likely going to be staying away from Colts and the Lions. Next up, what about the Dolphins? The newly acquired Matt Breda versus Jordan Howard. I think it's going to be Breda um, at the end of the year. It's going to have a better year than Howard. And I like the way uh, Breda's ADP right now is. Um, some people still think that Jordan Howard is the number one option there in Miami. But I think by season's end, we're going to see Breda is the more dynamic player in that backfield. And I think he's going to have a better year than Howard will in Miami. Sonny Michelle and Damian Harris. Uh, I I was very high on uh, Damian Harris earlier on in the offseason. Then we started to hear about Sonny Michelle. Then we start to hear that the, they, they're going to um, they bring in Cam Newton. It's going to be a, a Cam Newton show. So that kind of puts me more on James White than anybody else. But if I'm picking um, between the two, I think I'm going to be going Damian Harris, because especially where he's being taken as a draft. Remember, this is, this is a rookie last year. They didn't get much looks last year, but he was <clears throat> highly sought up by this offense, um, you know, his offensive coaching staff. So I can definitely see Damian Harris having his breakout year in year two. And where he's going out in drafts, I have no uh, no issue taking a shot on a possible uh, RB1 in a very good system in New England in the years past. Yes, no Tom Brady, but it's still Bill Belichick. <coughs> what about standalone handcuffs versus those handcuff studs? 
Um, we know that uh, this year is going to be a year that we want to make sure we handcuff our studs this year, but there are a lot of there are quite a few running backs that I have no issue taking as a standalone where you don't have to take them with the stud. Someone like Kareem Hunt um, would be a phenom- would be a great option for for Nick Chubb owners, but I think Hunt also carries tremendous value standalone. I think he's going to have he's going to have his own value this year. Uh, same thing with Tevin Coleman. Coleman is the, the most handcuffed, but I think Coleman carries, um, especially where he's being drafted, Coleman carries his own kind of value as well. Uh, Darius Geis and Antoine, a- Antonio Gibson. Um, I'm higher on Gibson than most are, so I think there is definitely a reason to think that he could be a standalone handcuff, but he's definitely a player that I'm going to be looking at if I, have, if I am a Geis owner this year. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. I'm a little off the board with Drake. I don't think Drake is as good as last year showed. Um, he's had years to, to kind of show me what he is. Last year he was great. Last year he was tremendous in, in Arizona coming over from the Dolphins after the trade. But the guy can't stay healthy in years past. I just don't know if he can stay healthy. So that makes me very, very high on Chase Edmonds. I don't care if I'm a Drake owner or not. I want plenty of shares of Edmonds because if he gets the number one role there in Arizona, he is going to eat. Whoever that running back is in Arizona as the RB1 is going to eat in this offense. I just don't like t- uh, using the capital of uh, where I'm going to have to take Drake in drafts, but I love Edmonds um, where you're taking him in drafts. And if he does get the job due to injury or whatever, He's going to be a phenomenal value and might be a league winner this year in fantasy. Chargers, we talked about the Chargers. So Austin Eckler, if you're an Eckler owner, I give the edge to Justin Jackson. They also have Joshua Kelly. I'm likely not going to be taking a even though I even though I do like Eckler and I'm and I might have a few of him on some of my rosters this year in fantasy. I don't know if I'm going to be uh, using a player um, as a handcuff just because just I don't know if it's if it's not Eckler I don't know if there's going to be much value there um, if one of the other running backs is a starter there so I don't like the idea of going uh, with a handcuff with Eckler. If I'm a Cl- uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire owner, I am definitely going to try to get a DeAndre Washington or maybe even a Daryl Williams because we know the Chiefs offense. We know uh, Reed loves his RB one, so if it's not Alaire. It could be Washington. It could be Williams. I'm likely going to be taking, uh, maybe reaching for one of those two if I am a Lair owner. Um, I'm going to reach around early for his backup, whoever that is, come draft time. And then Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. This is another one of those Chase Edmonds plays for me. With the amount of times the Vikings run the ball, if I do land on Cook, I'm 100% going to be reaching for Madison Earlier than than I, maybe I really want to, but I think you have to you have to take Madison earlier than anybody else to make sure if you're a cook owner you have the other running back in Minnesota because they are a run first offense. Madison is just as talented in my opinion. Uh, he may not be as good as Dalvin Cook on uh, on paper, but from what I saw last year, he is a he's he's a nice talent on his own. And I don't hate the idea of kind of stealing Madison from the cook owner a little earlier as well because I definitely think there's a chance that we see four plus games started out of Madison with the injury history for Cook. If we're talking about actual studs about handcuffing that, that maybe the players, the other player doesn't have a stand, standalone value for, David Johnson, Duke Johnson, I think uh, obviously David Johnson is the, of the Johnsons, David is the starter, but I think Duke Johnson is the player that I definitely want to pair with David Johnson because 
of the offense because both players are very similar uh, what they do out of the backfield as pass catchers and, and runners. So they can do the same thing with Duke that they can do with David. If I'm a Miles Sanders, I'm likely going to be looking at also Boston Scott as well because if something happens to Sanders, Scott did show last year he can put get the job done. Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay. I think it's a lot of people think it might be a 50-50 timeshare in Denver between Lindsay and Gordon. I don't think that's the case. I think Lindsay is much more lower on the totem pole there. I think they brought Gordon in to be the RB1, the number one option um, for the most part. I think he's m- much closer to a three-down back than other people do believe. So I think it's much closer to a 70-30 timeshare at best between Gordon and Lindsay. But I definitely do want Lindsay if I am a Gordon owner. And Aaron Jones and A.J. A- Dillon. I definitely think that I want to look at some uh, a piece of AJ AJ Dillon if I am an Aaron Jones owner, and there's a very good chance that maybe you get value out of both players if the if the Packers do decide to take Aaron Jones and move him out to the slot. That's going to open up the backfield, and I think there's a very good chance that we see Jamal Williams being one of the veteran casualties uh, once teams start to make the cuts before the season. So if that's the case, Aaron Jones out on slot. A.J. Dillon in the backfield, there's a very good chance you can have both options on the field at the same time. And if that's the case, I think Dillon will return some nice value if he can avoid the early slump um, there as a rookie in 2020. Derrick Henry, I think if you're a Henry owner, you got to also look at Darrington Evans. And Chris Carson, if you're a Carson owner, um, I think it's Richard Penny and uh, Carlos Hyde. I lean a little bit to Penny, but I'm likely not going to be taking a backup to Carson if I'm going to take Carson. And again, Carson's a player that we always overlook. Everybody seems to overlook Carson. I think it's, it's going to happen this year even more with the addition of Carlos Hyde, which is fine by me. Give me Carson. Give me all the Carson. He is the number one option there in offense, and I'm likely not going to be going with a uh, handcuff to him just because I don't feel the need to kind of reach for a Penny or a Hyde, in my opinion. Next up, let's look at the d- different values of players I have a little higher than the consensus rankings. Miles Sanders talked about, we talked plenty about Miles Sanders, so I won't go into more detail of him, but I have him as RB5 compared to an overall RB10. Both are pretty much a uh, first round selection, but I have him more of a uh, middle middle of the first round where a lot of people have him late first, early second. Cam Akers, I have him at RB23 compared to RB28. Ronald Jones, I am a high. I, I, I love Ronald Jones here. I think if you are worried about the what happened there in Tampa for, uh, we didn't really talk about Tampa um, for that uh, running back committee there. Um, so we'll talk a little bit right right now about the, the Tampa Bay running backs there. If you were worried about LaShawn McCoy coming in his offense um, for how you ve- viewed either Ronald Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn, I think you're not getting the point. Last year we saw in the Super Bowl a healthy scratch for LaShawn McCoy. He is well past his prime. I don't think he has much left in the tank. I think it's much more of a body that they brought in that can maybe do a, a – a spot play here or there. I don't think it changes anything in that offense. I think it's going to be Ronald Jones's offense to run with, uh, pardon the pun. And if he can gain that trust and keep that trust from Tom Brady, we know Jones is going to be the number one option there in Tampa Bay. And with the really lack of playing practice time for uh, Vaughn, being that he's on the COVID-19 list, he hasn't been able to practice with the team much. That's really going to make uh, keep him behind the eight ball, which makes me even more um, – on team Ronald Jones. If you can keep that, if you can keep the trust of, of Tom Brady, I can see a phenomenal year out of Ronald Jones. Maybe a, a little bit like a James White um, in New England during Tom Brady's time there in New England. Speaking of James White, I do have him a little higher than most. Uh, RB29 compared to 39. And going back to Jones, he's my RB27 compared to 31 overall. And Antonio Gibson, 
I have him at Q, uh, running back 44 compared to everybody else um, having a run running back 56 on con- consensus. A few fades I'm looking at that I'm a little lower on than most are. Derrick Henry talked about him a lot. I have him as running back 12, which has him just around that borderline uh, first round pick where a lot of people have him middle of the first as a RB5. Dalvin Cook, RB9 compared to overall RB6. Josh Jacobs, uh, didn't talk much about Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. I just don't know how much we're going to get out of this offense. Yes, they're making some nice moves um, for a team as, as a whole, but are they going to be able to get uh, – what I think they need to do is they need to get the ball to Josh Jacobs out of the backfield as a pass catcher more often. I just don't know if they're going to do that. I have him more of an RB13 compared to RB9, so it's not a big difference for Jacobs, but I do think there is a little less room to wiggle for Jacobs than some of the other running backs. Jonathan Taylor, we talked about him. I have him RB30 compared to RB24. Jordan Howard, RB41 compared to RB32. And Philip Lindsay, RB50 compared to RB39. A lot of people think that Lindsay is going to have a bigger role on the team than I do. I think Lindsay's going to be much more of a kind of a, a, a giving a spell to Melvin Gordon when Melvin Gordon needs to come out of the game for a break here and there. I think that's much more of what's going to happen with Lindsay. And I think by the time it's all said and done, I think Lindsay's going to be on a new team down the road. I do like Lindsay as a player, but I just definitely think Melvin Gordon is the better player right now between the two. And I think it's going to show quite a bit when they give him much more of a workhorse load than most people think. And if I'm looking at the different positions on at the running back, for possible MVPs this year. Obviously, we got to look at the McCaffreys, the Barclays, Elliotts. Uh, if I'm looking off the board, I think I'm going to be looking at a player like a Joe Mixon or a Miles Sanders. I think I, think I, I kind of talked about that at, at nausea about my love for both those players this year. I think both players could easily um, sneak their way into the number one overall role if things kind of line up correctly for them in a perfect way. Obviously, it's going to take a lot for them to kind of pass a McCaffrey, Barkley, or Elliott, but I definitely don't think, I, I definitely think it's not out of the cards for both of those players to have that happen. If we're looking at a couple dark horses, um, Kareem Hunt, if something does happen to Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt will be the number one role there in Cleveland. I can see him having a monster year if something happens to Chubb early. Um, we can also look at a player in Minnesota like uh, Alexander Madison. If something happens to Cook early, Alexander Madison could be a phenomenal talent, a f- phenomenal steal in all leagues, and I can definitely see him pushing for a top five, top six spot um, if that's the case. So if something happens to Cook and you're a, you're a Madison owner and it's not the Cook owner, you could be um, kind of laughing at the bank with a championship winning pick later on in drafts. Ronald Jones, I talked about Ronald Jones a lot. Uh, um, if, if, if he can turn into that kind of player that I think he can for Tom Brady, I think Brady can make him that much more of a better player. But I think we're going to see that, yes, uh, Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans are great talents, but I think there's only room for really one of those players to kind of go off. I think it's going to be Godwin. I think Godwin's going to be one of the better running wide receivers this year. But I, th- but I think one of those two run- wide receivers is going to drop off a little bit, and I think a lot of that's going to have to do with I think we're going to see much more out of the tight end position this year, and we're going to see much more out of the running back position with Tom Brady kind of running things, a smarter quarterback, getting his players uh, the, the, the ball when they need to get it. So I can definitely see someone like Ronald Jones having a big year. And if we're going to go way, way, way off the board, what about a player like Tony Pollard? If something happens to Ezekiel Elliott, he goes into a phenomenal spot, a a, a prime spot. What about a player like a um, Chase Edmonds, Arizona, um, Kenyon Drake? We talked about that. If something happens to Kenyon Drake, what about Chase Edmonds? What about Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team? 
What about a Daryl Henderson for the Rams if something uh, happens to Cam Akers or maybe they decide that they want to give the job to Daryl Henderson? There's a lot of these different options there. So I think if, if, if we're going to strategy-wise, I don't hate the idea of going zero running back, especially in best, best ball. I don't think I would do it in the uh, redraft leagues. But if you're playing best ball, I think my favorite, favorite way of drafting, if you're not going to get a top three, top four pick, I like the idea of going zero running back and taking a shot on a lot of these um, lottery ticket picks down the road. Because remember, in best ball, you don't have to set a lineup. All you do is draft your team, and they automatically take your top players on a weekly basis. So you don't have to worry about, is this player going to do anything this week? You don't have to worry about starting a lineup. They're going to pick those players out for you. That'll do it for the podcast today. Hope you guys had a fantastic day. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. If you've not done so already, please give us a follow at FansportsGenius on Twitter, at FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore on Instagram. And our, perch, uh, our 2020 draft kit is still available uh, for $19.95. We'll get you our draft kit, help you dominate your leagues on draft night. Be part of our community that is already starting to dominate their drafts on that draft night. We are also having packages available for our Mastermind Chat monthly, weekly, full season packages available. This year is much more different, um, so that way you have me in your back pocket. If you have any questions on game day, maybe one of your players is a late scratch because something happens, I will help you kind of get on the right path. That's where our Mastermind Chat was built for. Weekly, monthly, full season packages available. One-on-one access with yours truly via text messages regarding all things that is fantasy football. Join now and get that extra help to put your team over the top in 2020. Have a great day. Thanks for the listen. And let's dominate those leagues. Be safe. We'll talk to you later.